0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that also wished it was Inception and failed. Or did it? It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays, or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks.
2: Those kids killed so many people.
1: I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he once had an email read by the actual strong bad it's Andrew Ormsby, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! It's not the
3: fact that you know Hideo Kojima used to watch my YouTube channel, no. or the fact that my YouTube videos have been on CNN. No, it's the fact that whenever I was 12
1: years old, Strong Bad read one of my emails How did I not that is know blowing this about you.
3: I didn't know it was that big a thing. Well,
1: now you do. Now you do. And, okay, and each week we'll chat about movies, TV and whatever else from the pop culture <laughs> universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. His list may include more than song lyrics stub toes and cannon cars.
4: It's Jonathan Paula, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> Ahoy to yourselves, gentlemen. good to be back. Excited to be back uh, for the for fourth time on Sif pop <coughs> to discuss a fast and furious. Yeah, so my of- first ever my first ever appearance on this program. Back when it was called something else, was discussing Furious 7, Mm -hmm. eight long years ago. And I came back to talk about Fate of the Furious and defend F9. And I am back again (laughs) for my buddy Dom and the crew no it's not that's your buddy right that's your
1: family that's right you you tried to defend f9 it was valiant try, try it was it. a valiant hey, effort hey
3: <laughs> no aaron aaron you were there with him i'm not gonna let you sneak out of this you were you were a proponent of f9 too.
1: you're insane you need to go listen no. to that no. episode
4: again i i actually <laughs> just did uh you neither of you liked it uh, i'm curious aaron um if your feelings on F9 have improved, have you had a chance to no, watch it? No,
1: they've they've only lessened. Uh, okay, then. every time I think <laughs> about that movie, I get angry. Um. So yeah.
4: Oh,
3: it was you two are just big defenders of the Fast and the Furious universe. I think that's Uh, what I'm getting
1: confused. Up until the last one, yes, and and we'll we'll get more into this as we review the movies we're going to review today, uh, which we're excited to do. What movies are those, Aaron? Uh, We're going to talk about a movie called Hypnotic, Robert Rodriguez uh, directing Ben Affleck in a movie called Hypnotic that you have not heard about probably because
2: nobody has advertised it. <laughs> your email you was the first heard like, about you want me it, to do what now?
1: Uh, and then, of course, we're also going to uh, review what I recently learned, thanks to an email from the publicist, is Fast 10, not Fast X. Please, they said. Do not call it Fast X. That is not the name of the movie. It is Fast 10. Well, I well, can't <laughs> imagine why anyone
4: would get confused when you put an X in your title. It was what, funny. One, one thing... One thing I have to say before we get to the reviews proper is (laughs) I – at first it was a joke, and now I sort of admire that of the 11 feature films in the Fast Saga – none of them have the exact same naming convention, right? The Mm -hmm. first is The Fast and Furious. Then they put Too Fast. They put the numeral two. And then the third movie, Tokyo Drift, has a subtitle with a colon. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one is Fast and Furious with no numbers at all, Mm -hmm. but also no uh, words the. And then Fast Five, where five is spelled out in prose. And then Fast and Furious Six. This is the first time a numeral came in 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 like four movies. Uh, And then Furious 7 is the first movie to drop the word fast completely. And then Fate of the Fury, totally new word introduced. <laughs> F9 doesn't have any words. And then uh, the Fast and Furious key. presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's a totally new thing. And then for this one, we're introducing Roman numerals. 10, 11 pictures in, we're introducing Roman numerals. So what are they going to do for the 11 I can guarantee it won't be something we've seen before. Ooh. So it, maybe it'll just be Furious 11 with numerals because we haven't done that yet i don't know maybe it'll be in semi semi four yeah I <don't>
3: know. <laughs> no i think they're all done i think
4: i know what the title
3: is going to be it's going to be fast x.5
4: i think it might be fast x2 or fast, fast x squared i think that would be where they might go with it i don't think they'll just call it fast 11 or furious 11 whether they spell it out or numerals uh-huh. or. so XI. this was
3: fast x the next one could be furious x
1: Maybe. Mm-hmm.
4: That
3: would be equally mm-hmm. as stupid. So yes. <laughs> it would be equally as stupid. That would, would that could do it. We're not even we haven't even introduced the movie yet and we're already getting into well, it. Well we've <coughs>
1: we've introduced it, but we haven't uh we haven't gone into it. By the way, interesting best ever challenge that we'll get to uh today. Uh we're doing yes. best ever movies where the title ends in either the letter C, like hypnotic, or the letter X, like fast 10.
3: Uh, <laughs> it was so cute. I'll tell you, I, it, one of those letters I thought was going to be a lot harder than the other, uh-huh. and it turned out to be the exact opposite. Hmm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. the, my, my favorite part of the email where it was like, it's fast 10, not fast X, was that they then, in the next sentence, were very kind uh, kind enough to explain to us how Roman numerals work. It was like, see, what it is, is an X is for the Roman numeral (laughs) 10. Like, wow. Thank you for your high opinion of movie critics. That is so –
3: I almost swore right there. That is so (laughs) condescending.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh,
3: And
4: and again, even with that insistence, they – did not go for the obvious low-hanging fruit of Fast 10 Your seat Seatbelts. Nope. And it is such a missed opportunity. This is a joke that all of us penned like four movies ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's right there, guys. That is a layup. And they're like, eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you won't Too get easy. it. Too easy
1: too easy too easy all right I well let's uh it. let's uh get right into it shall we uh, too late for that let's get into it uh, finally shall we uh let's talk a little bit about fast x
2: the great dom toretto if you never would have gotten behind that wheel i'd never be the man i am today and now i am the man who's going to break your family peace by piece.
0: The devil's coming. Boom. Tommy, I knew you would come for me. So How about we all just start shooting each other? Time to end this. Let's dig some graves.
1: Over many missions and against impossible odds, Dom Toretto and his family have outsmarted, outnerved, and outdriven every foe in their path. Now they confront the most lethal opponent they've ever faced. A terrifying threat emerging from the shadows of the past, who's who's fueled by blood revenge and who's determined to shatter this family and destroy everything and everyone that Dom loves forever. Uh, Fast 10. Um, So yeah, uh, had a little bit of onset issues. uh, Basically, if if you kind of read into it... uh, Vin Diesel and uh, the director kind of weren't getting along, and so uh, they waved bye-bye. Uh, and this isn't just
4: movie. a director. This is Justin Lin, who had done, right. I think, yeah. five of the previous ten movies.
1: And yeah. and so it's interesting to see uh, what happens after you bring in another person. You've got, uh, again... Well, I'm just gonna say everybody, you know, from the Fast movies, oh and and <laughs> so as many. well as Jason Momoa coming on board as uh, the villain. What did you guys think? Did you like this movie? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? I'm gonna go. T-
3: Aaron, I want you to go first. Well,
1: that's too bad. You don't control the show, John. Uh, <laughs> I need to hear uh, first and foremost what the uh, the preeminent Residence. Fast franchise defender thinks of this movie.
4: Um, I really liked it.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: High side I am of like, I'm not it. ashamed of that. <laughs> <laughs> it Didn't sound like it at all. Uh,
1: Aaron. Uh, I am firmly on the low side of it was just okay. Um, so, uh, we'll get more into the reasons for that. Andrew, what about you? I like only one thing about this
3: movie. I don't like anything else. But that one thing is going to make me say that
1: I like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) And I think I know. John's like. I think I know the one thing. You know the one thing. I think I know the one thing. And uh, I'm prepared to uh, argue with every single other human on the planet about this one thing. But but John, we'll kick it off with you because I think you liked it the most. Uh, Still digging this franchise. Why, may I ask?
4: Uh, oh, I mean, 100%. It's, <laughs> this, that's a perfectly valid question. And um, as all the scenes in the trailer flash in front of us here, I'm reminded of like, yeah, no, I had, first and foremost, I had a lot of fun with it. And I always do. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, the trope uh, is is very tired at this point, but you turn your brain off. You kind of just enjoy the junk food aspect of everything. Uh, these are characters we've we've come to know and love over the last 22 years. They've been doing Fast and Furious movies. Um, so, you kind of know what to expect. If you haven't liked the last five movies in this franchise, this is not going to win you over. Um, I think this is definitely a step up from Fate of the Furious or F9 or Hobbs and Shaw. I think this is closer to the high-water mark we had with 5, 6, and 7. I don't think it's as good. But the entire sequence in Rome with the rolling neutron bomb down the Spanish steps, it's, it's absurd, but it it like it's more realistic than sending a Pontiac Fiero to space. I felt like the execution of that was easy to follow. Uh, the payoff was really good. We got, like, good tag team between the different protagonists. Then the rest of the movie, things kind of spread out. And individual moments here and there definitely made me laugh or, you know, cheer. It's just it's just a ton of fun constantly. And then I'm sure we'll, all three of us will agree, Jason Momoa is having a meal of this movie. He is just... Doing I agree he's Aaron having a meal. Like him. Aaron. <laughs> I
1: agree. Aaron doesn't I like him. I agree that he's he's having a meal. That's for sure.
3: That's the one thing I like about this movie. I suspect it. He is, he's great. Yeah. And, and here's, here's why. And everything about the Fast Universe is so bombastic and ridiculous and wildly out there. But for some reason, the characters seem to always want to c- keep this kind of maintainedness Maintain like they're not expressive, they're not emotive really with their emotions or their acting or anything. It's like the only subtle thing in the fast universe is the acting for some reason. That, yeah, I, I just thought it was high time. I think it's, I thought it was finally high time to have somebody come on who was gonna be as wild and peacockish as the fast universe is. And I think Jason Momoa just jumped into it and said, I'm just gonna show everybody my audition for a Lobo. And yeah, now I really want to see a Lobo movie with uh, Jason Momoa.
4: Yeah, he definitely rises to the, the tone of the rest of the action. Whereas yeah. Vin Diesel- he
3: dresses like he dresses like Sinbad from the 90s. It's great.
4: <laughs> yeah, and then conversely, I feel like, especially when you go back and watch older entries, Vin Diesel seems like he's getting quieter and more like grumpy- <laughs> Each yeah. movie, yeah. and That's which is too bad, because he, he used to uh, be yeah. animated. <clears throat> he used to be laugh. He used to yeah. laugh and smile. No, I don't think he smiles no, once no, in this entire two and a half hour picture. Does he?
1: Yeah, he smiles. He does. I, I think he, has a when he sees his kid. Yeah, yeah he definitely okay. has a couple smiles in the movie. Um. Aaron, so what is it about the Momoa well, we'll get, we'll performance get there. that just did I want to address a couple you. things uh, that you guys yeah. oh, have said. And I, 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 I do want to say that I am not beyond having fun. I've certainly had fun with with many of the fast movies. And I do think this is better than F9. Um, dramatically oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a
4: big step up from the last three, which I uh, all felt kind of lost focus of, well, I, I think, think what made them I great. I think
1: it's similar to 7 and 8. I really do. I, I think it's kind of in in much the same ballpark. In that I can have fun. There are times where I'm I'm able to have fun, and it's not distracting me with its stupidity. Um, because there's a difference from being over the top and being dumb, right? And and sometimes that difference is, by the way, very subjective. And a lot of it has to do with the mood you're in, how you're seeing something. I do not deny in the least that there's a psychological aspect to how we enjoy franchises and that when we tire of something, all of a sudden you can't refind that magic, right? And I think F9 pushed me over enough of a cliff of distraction in what I considered, you know, um, dumbness or you know, and if that 's too rude, I, I apologize, but absurdity let's say um and got me to a place where it was going to be very hard for it to win me back because now that 's all all i 'm seeing so i I was glad that so, so you' you're saying f nine was a
4: you're saying f nine was a, a bridge too far i think so yeah i I think so it yeah. was or it went to space a yeah. magnet truck too far <laughs> was, perhaps. Yes. It was... I I, w- I would say... It I, was an, to distill orbi- it to an actual... orbiting
1: car too far, yes. Yeah.
4: Uh, to distill well, it to let's the...
3: just say this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, John. <laughs> you, you start. Let's say this. Uh, this movie's magnet truck is the bomb through Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where physics and, you know, th- gravity, things like that have no meaning anymore. Apparently, everything in Rome is downhill. Uh, it's It's... My, one of my big issues with this franchise is that I don't think they know when to cut off their action sequences. Like, I think that that, that whole action sequence in Rome with the bomb went on about three or four minutes, way too long. And I could say that for a lot of scenes in this movie that are like, don't get me wrong, they're in those sequences, there's some really cool stuff going on. But then at the same time, it's a lot of cars driving really fast in a, Quick zoom, 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 and that's not entertaining for me.
1: Yeah. So. Well, I would, uh, I would say, if cars going fast is not entertaining for you, uh, may have entered no, into the wrong franchise. I'm talking franchise, about the quick but.
3: cut. <laughs> I'm talking about like I the, the you, actual like uh, cinematic style of like following a car. Yeah. Like, with a they with They
4: it. use a car as like a wish pan almost. Mm-hmm. Um, what what yes, I was about to say exactly. is the difference for me between this and the last three, including Hobbs and Shaw. Was I, I felt like they pulled back a bit on the reliance of magic technology. They use the the, the previously established God's Eye as a, as a sort of a, a mechanism to connect some scenes. But by and large, the action mm-hmm. here is not insanely improbable, like superhuman suits or magnet cars or um, I think an F8, uh, Fate of the Furious. Charlize Theron has basically she commandeers all the cars in New York City using remotes. She just has like a magic tool that can come. Oh yeah. Your- she does
3: a world war Z with <laughs> the Right, And, and yeah. it's like, well, that
4: like not every car is plugged into it. Like it just, all of that magic tech, they, they scaled it way back for this. And yes, there's that neutron bomb that seems to constantly roll downhill. But besides that, most of the stuff here was like, no, these are just, it's, it's improbable and impractical, but they're not relying on magic science to kind of fill in the gaps anymore. And I did appreciate that.
1: I don't know. The bombs are pretty, the magnet bombs are pretty magic. Like, I mean, everything happens because it needs to happen. It's really just is one of those things. Once you, once you start to, once you start to tune in to just the ridiculousness, it's hard to find yourself able to let go and, and have fun. Um, and I feel like, you know, one of the things when I was watching this movie, uh, this movie starts with a rehashing of the safe from fast five. Right. And I was so into mm. that. And I just, I, I, Oh, it was a great was opening. A great, and I just remember going, Oh, I loved this because this is audacious. It's big. You don't have to stretch your brain too far to even go. Maybe it's possible. May, like, you know, maybe I can make this make sense a little bit. Um, but now you have to. I mean, you just have to have an entire suspension bridge of disbelief to, you know, get through these movies, and it's just becoming a little too difficult for me now. As to answer the Momoa question, which I've already hinted at, and you have asked me directly, um, I get what everybody loves about this performance because I've seen it before. <laughs> like this, the it's, it's Joker. A joker and once you see that you can't unsee it and it's 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 not it's not as good as that joker either and it's there's not enough fresh to it for me to be able to separate myself from seeing that when i'm seeing it go going on and there's another aspect i'm going to be careful about wading into that that i'll get to in, uh, here in a second but the the it's like for me when somebody does a, a great cover of a song on like uh, American Idol or something like that it's like yes I get it there's talent there it's amazing but I still kind of want to hear Mariah Carey sing that song. That's like that's when I'm watching Momoa, I'm like I'm like yes super talented it's fun I get it I'm having a good time but I really just kind of want to see uh, go watch Heath Ledger's performance again.
4: You know what I mean like so all perfectly yeah. valid criticisms but in the pantheon of Fast and Furious villains I, I hope that we can agree. That there's nobody that is even on this level of entertaining or sociopathic energy, uh, because like John Cena He's in the last movie, the, like uh, didn't really do anything for me. Charlie Theron is is good, but I don't know, not not as menacing. And Deckard uh, Shaw would yeah. be
1: the only one that would come close. In my yeah, opinion. I, I think
4: Jason Statham's the only one that's like as fun and as menacing as a as an mm-hmm. antagonist for our heroes. And yeah. I, I I enjoyed his performance. And yeah, the the similarities are obvious and. Inferior, but I think uh, even a second-rate Heath Ledger Joker is is pretty good.
1: (laughs) Um, I want to be I want to be careful. Go ahead, Andrew. I was going to say, and
3: I don't want to make people think. At least for me, I don't think that he was trying to do the Joker. I just think that's how it came across. No, you know, for for a lot of people, it's gonna it's gonna seem that way. But I think that it's a it's a wild, unique character that I think the Fast universe has needed a a villain like this to kind of. This is as close the fast universe is ever going to get to a Thanos. Yeah, right. Is this Jason Momoa? You know, and uh, apparently they're treating
1: was, it that that way too. You know, like yeah. He snapped his
4: finger. The, at the, the parallels to Infinity War are uh, abundant in this picture. Yeah. Um The this, yeah. the several disparate plot threads with isolated <clears> groups <throat> of heroes that do not converge. Or um, end in any satisfying way at the at the conclusion of this picture, uh, this big cliffhanger that's going to lead into another movie. Um, like I am fully expecting a scene in Fast Eleven or Twelve if they actually do push it out to a full ending trilogy. I am fully expecting a scene where um, the, the CGI face of of Paul Walker. Drives through a Doctor Strange portal in a Nissan Skyline and says, "On your left," and just comes in at the last minute to rescue the entire. Like I'm expecting a version of that, where at the very end of all 35 movies or whatever, they bring back Brian O'Connor at the very last minute to stop Jason Momoa. Like, yeah,
3: I am like, going to put down a. I would put down a lot of money, a lot of money, that Brian O'Connor is going to be uh, in the next.
4: I one. think they'll bring him back. They they up until now they yeah. just they they. they hang a lot of lampshades in the beginning of each of these movies. It's always like, where's Brian? Home with the kids. Don't worry. He's safe at home. And they're always like sort of hinting at like, he's still alive. He's still in this universe, but he's always just off camera, just doing something else. And um, I feel like they really, they really want to pull that thread and they want to actually put him in the movie. They're going to. But, uh, and I think they will. I really
1: do. Can I be honest? I'm okay with it. Um, Me too. And
4: more importantly, his family is because his daughter, Mia, um, Mia Walker is in this movie as the flight attendant. She mm-hmm. cameos in a very small part. I think it's non-speaking, but um, but it's nice that like her family, or rather Paul Walker's family, is still involved with in this franchise. They're still close with the cast and crew, um, so I, I suspect that uh, yeah, they're okay with it. The brothers will you know body double for him again, and the CGI deep fake technology has come a long way since 2013. So. Yeah.
1: I think there's, uh, I think there is a a real missing piece that he brought to the movies, yes. and I am not beyond wondering how much of my psychological downward trend in the movies is missing. There's almost a gravitas toss to what he does that still fits the tone of the franchise, but somehow grounds it, uh, grounded it a little bit. Uh, that I think I miss somewhere. Um, well, he
4: had that, like, sort of boyish exuberance that that really countered Vin Diesel's sort of grumpy tough guy routine right. really well. Right. It, was, it was like, it, you can't do 48 hours without Nick Nolte. Like, you would just have Eddie Murphy then. It's just, right. you needed that balance. Same thing with, like, Riggs and Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon. You needed the yin to the yang. And without Yang, uh, the movies since have all felt a little bit hollow, um, which is why I'm really fascinated. Why. They never... So I really expected them to slot in Scott Eastwood, who in the eighth movie, here's like this new sort of boyish, um, you know, younger whippersnapper type that's going to be capable of leading an action scene. And he's handsome and he can – but they kind of reg- regulated him to just a couple scenes here and there in the eighth and I think yeah. the tenth movie. But it's like I was really expecting them to just give us another person, another ex-cop, mm-hmm. someone like Brian O'Connor to jump into the, his place. John Cena could have done that, but they – didn't really go that route with him either.
1: Can't see him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mentioned there's a second thing with the Momoma performance that I'm going to wait into very, very carefully. Uh, and just say I haven't read anybody else say this. I haven't seen this anywhere else. This is coming from me and me alone. Something I became sensitive to... Um, in, in the recent past is the queer coding of villains in this I, idea that for a long time in movies, uh, male villains would have effeminate qualities or whatever as a way to code them as queer and to uh, use that to create animosity within uh, the audience. Now, we live in a different world now, and I would much more prefer to talk about Momoa's performance as not being uh, gender stereotyped. Uh, and the idea that, you know, he loves ballet and, you know, some of the movements he's making. Um, but I want to be at least alert and aware uh, enough that there are probably some people who are noticing, oh, this looks again like a villain who um, is being coded queer. Uh, and so I wanted to bring that up, just kind of wade into it, just to say could, it's I something totally I observed. Um, and and it, it, it puts me in a place to, to observe it. And go, okay, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. And, um, and I'm, sure, I'm sure that was not the intent. Uh, I, I believe that, I guess. I, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I believe that was not the intent. Um, but there are these natural tendencies uh, when you go big on a performance to uh, do certain things. And um, I at least wanted to uh, bring that up and mention it.
4: Are there any uh, gay characters in the entire Fast Saga? I feel like there must be because this is one of – famously and, and thankfully one of the most diverse casts of any like, you know, big budget studio franchise. There's like one white guy in the entire show. <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of love that. I honestly kind of love that, that there's just so much representation right. from every, uh, you know, continent and, and ethnicity. Um but uh, I'm struggling to remember if there's any gay characters at all. Like, I, I can't. Not that, Not Feel that, like that's a missed opportunity.
1: Uh, yeah. Not that I can. Not that I can um, remember. But I could be uh, absolutely. But there's forgiving. also not a
4: lot of like. Isn't Charlize? Maybe. Isn't Charlize's character? Maybe. There's also a lot of. Uh, I just, there's not a lot of like heteronormative stuff anyway. Like I think Dom and Letty are the only real couple, mm-hmm. and everywhere everyone else is just sort of there <laughs> yeah. there's a lot or of brian there's a lot of bromance and stuff like that um and I, I feel like couples and any sort of sexual energy at all only exists in this franchise so that we can have kids of theirs in the next movie <laughs> <laughs> that's the to only protect. reason so that's
1: the only reason sex exists in this world is to give yes. them something to protect yeah i think that's And
4: I, I that's pretty much it and if it were not for long-lost family members Who would we have in this franchise? Mm -hmm. This movie alone introduced us to Mr. Nobody's, you know, heretofore unseen daughter. Um, The villain from Fast Five apparently has a son that we've never seen before. And um, also there's a sister that we've never seen before introduced. And a good deal of this plot also involves around the brother we had never heard before from the last movie. Just every picture, they're just like, here's someone else who's integral to this family, but we've never heard of them until now. I, I kind of both love and hate <clears throat> that the franchise keeps doing that. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's I they s- have more resurrections and surprise reveals than like all 58 years of Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Like this franchise is just, hey, remember this person who died 8 movies ago? Well, good news, they're back again. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love it.
3: Not the I I want to use that as a as a jumping off point for my biggest con okay. with this movie and with this franchise. Okay. And it's that it is the Absolute, you know, pinnacle of removal of any kind of stakes. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Or dread. Oh, there's none. <laughs> uh, the immortality syndrome that is going on in this franchise is so ridiculous at this point that I, I, I don't care. I, it's you can't make me care, any, unless you remove these, these, uh, you know, these. Uh, gutter bouncers, you know, that you have on this right. franchise. That's a great way to describe it. If you it. make, if you can, like, we, okay, we knew everybody in Infinity War was going to be coming back, but there were still several character deaths in that movie that we thought were real and that are still real in the Marvel franchise. They're willing to, you know, make those sacrifices. Here we're seeing, you know, characters literally come back from impossible circumstances and,
4: well, to be fair, I, the Fast Furious has always has never shied away from killing off major characters, um, and and it'll land and it'll have some um, you know some purpose, some emotional effectiveness. And then, like two or three movies later, it's like ah, you thought Han was dead and this is all a prequel. It turns out he faked his own death Ooh. and Tokyo <laughs> Drift was a ruse. And it's like, and then Letty dies in the fourth movie, but then she comes back yeah, in the Letty, sixth yeah. movie, and they do that trick a lot. And it's starting to wear out its welcome. And certainly, to your point, Andrew, it it completely neuters any sense of tension when it's like, well, okay, it looks like he just exploded in a fiery wreck, but did he? I'm not holding my breath no. either way. So I'm not really worried about him because I'm, I'm sure that person's going to be fine in the next film. Yeah.
3: But the, then it, all, the, all this franchise leaves me with is seeing cool cars uh, seeing beautiful people and uh, family, and hopefully family. every now and then I'll get a cool like a fight scene. Uh, but as as far as like caring about these characters, like I can't care about a character if there's no stakes for them. Like I, it's. I, I, I understand yeah. what
4: you're saying, and personally, it doesn't bother. Me. <laughs> <laughs> don't need the stakes. Uh, I don't
1: need him. He's an action movie vegetarian. Doesn't <laughs> he, he, need the as, steak. As
4: as I've yeah. as I've explained and I've used this analogy, I think every time we've probably reviewed these films, uh, it's junk food. I'm not looking for steak. I'm looking for like a sloppy, greasy burger, and mm-hmm. this uh, delivers. This is this is my cup of tea. This is it. my Big Mac with cheese. I'm enjoying it every time. <laughs> uh, real quick, what uh, for those for the two of you didn't really like it as much as I did? Uh, what is like one standout moment or, or scene that you really did like?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh,
3: <clears throat> let's go with the uh, – there's a sequence where Cypher meets Momoa's character. Yeah. It's kind of like our jumping – well, first off, the, the beginning of this movie is so good. The beginning where of this they, movie – Where they recontextualize
4: is, mm-hmm. Fast Five, six. Where they recontextualize dragon, Fast yeah. Five is so the part good. part of the movie but that was also from, that from a Cypher different scene. movie
1: is my favorite part of this movie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say that as, as as bad as they are about resurrecting characters and, like, long-lost relatives mm. and all those soap opera tropes, the Fast and Furious uh, franchise has always been really good, uh, and, and I genuinely mean this, at retconning old events mm-hmm. in a way that recontextualizes them sure. and strengthens that, like, Tokyo Drift, when it first came out, was a totally disconnected spinoff. And then retroactively, they, like, tied it back into the the, the grand uh, sort of story in That's such a, in such a great way. And they've gone back to Fast Five and like, well, what if this was also a setup for this movie? And they they constantly go back and like reweave things in a way that I've never seen other franchises do to that level of mm-hmm. you know effectiveness. Yeah, is that is that your pick too, Andrew? Just the the, the prologue is your favorite moment?
3: <laughs> well, the prologue is great, but also that scene where Cipher meets yeah. Momoa's character and he uh, he just uh, establishes himself. I guess I'll say it was a very. F- it was a very well shot scene. I love the that room they were in. You know, just it felt intimidating for sure. For, and it, he, was
4: ten, it was tense. He drops. I think my favorite line of the film where he says, uh, "You want you want to control the world. I just want to punish it." And it's like, oh, that yeah, oh, that sounds bad. I, I like this guy. He's <laughs> Yeah, good.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. He's definitely I, doing his audition for Lobo in this movie. Which if he they momoa said that he's going to play somebody new in the dc universe for the new and i hope it's Lobo. so
1: <laughs> um yeah i don't think i could come up with there are bits and pieces of everything that i go oh that was fun to see um you know uh but it just yeah overall there's some
4: stuff at the end with helicopters did that do anything for you Oh, I hated it. Yeah. Just rolled no, my eyes, but. I thought that was great. <laughs> I was like, yes, this looks so cool. I was all about it. I, I don't know. There's something
1: that. weird too that's happening. Oh, with...
3: there's, there's eye candy. There's an eye candy sure, value sure, to then, it, but it's, it's nothing that I haven't seen them do a trillion this times This is what before. I was
1: just about to say is that there's, there's something oh, about action movies today where we've kind of gotten everything we ever wanted. And so like, there's, you know, everything's f- fake and I get it. We've always known movies are fake, right? But you also know everything can just be like, you know, put into a computer and spit out on screen. And so at some point it's just like, I, I don't know. Like we are we are so close to the days where I just look at my computer and go, hey, make me a movie that has this, this, and this, starring these people, this person, and these people, and ends like this. And then I, I can just watch that movie. You know what I mean? Like right. it's it, so it just becomes. Noise at some point. Um,
4: I think that's a big reason why we're seeing a a, a sort of trend towards movies like John Wick um, for lack of, of anything else. Because people are are attracted more now to this realistic, grounded, authentic stunt work that is really happening on set. And I think people are appreciating that more now in the advent of all this like CGI just – muckery and brown sludge that we get in Marvel movies. It's like, we actually just want to see real people in real situations do cool things.
1: I don't know. The man, trick is though, I,
4: how do you do that safely? And how do you do it in a way no one's ever done I, before? I, and it's, I,
1: I, it's I, don't, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't believe that there's much difference between what the brain does with something that is fake and what it does with something that is real. And there certainly won't be five to 10 years from now, right? Like there's, we will get to the point where, um, action is just whatever they want it to be, you know, and you won't actually have to have stunt actors and and those kind of things. I just, uh, to me, if it doesn't result in a gravity and a movement back towards story, I will be very surprised. I think story has been, story is King story's always been King story will always be King. And it's just, you know, the story is, is so on the surface. And, you know, I, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to so think is, is about it, stuff So is it, so is the
4: action well, genre for you, is the action genre for you just completely sort of past its prime, dead and dusted with the exception of Tom Cruise?
1: Um Well, what, again, one of the beautiful things about the, the Cruise movies, usually like the Mission Impossibles uh, and even Top Gun is there good storytelling
4: like this is what this is yeah. what i'm
1: saying like when it's in service
4: right. of a and that's what that, that good was story. my point yeah. too is that those are always not only great action yeah. but they're always directly in service of a great story we mentioned right. the burj khalifa sequence in, uh, in our pre-show uh from ghost protocol and yeah it's awesome that he's hanging on the outside of the tallest building in the world but there's a very clear uh, you know, consequence is a very clear, um, you know, Mo- ticking clock factor to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's not just, we want to go on the outside of the building because it's cool. It's we have to sneak in from here. They establish it in a way that makes sense. It's it's painted as like, this is the only right. way to do this. Right. And in most of the Fast franchise, I don't think that's, that's not the only way to stop a car or stop a bomb, but that's the way they decide to do
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm ready. I... Way, and I always have been more apt to be ready for a movie that's said uh, that instead of saying turn off your brain, says you better not turn off your brain because y- you're gonna miss mm. stuff. Um, you know, I
4: like that, that's pretty good. Uh,
1: so that's that's always gonna be my preference. Um, yeah,
3: I I, I saved my uh turning off your brain for reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, okay, so I I think for me personally, my favorite Fast and the Furious movie is the first one. The first, the Fast and the Furious. And I think it's because even though it's point break, it has the best story out of Mm -hmm. any of the movies. It's certainly like the most layered and and
4: complex because there's like, you know, duality and identity and and there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Not so much anymore.
3: And like I said, (laughs) even though it's point break with cars, I mean... Point Break was a great story. Point Break's a great film. You no, know? <laughs> no reason no, yes, no reason movie. not to love it. But my favorite okay, you know what? I take it back. My favorite classic for years movie is Point, <laughs> Point Break. <laughs> uh, I
1: this yeah. the thing, right? Like it doesn't even have to be a brand new story. Tell me a story I already know, but tell it to me again in a different way. Like that's okay. Like
3: <laughs> tell me a story. Yeah, just like
1: I mean, I-, I love Avatar. So what that it's Pocahontas and Fern Gully or or whatever like it's a yeah. story that I can connect to. It's not just beautiful blue people. There's actually really interesting human relationship dynamic things going on there. So, um, so yeah, that's a, a, a long way of just saying, you know, tell me a story. Don't just show me a cool picture. Um, we do both, yeah. you know, why not both sometimes, but. I feel
4: like we got really kind of a uh, high level esoteric <laughs> on this well, one. Yeah. More so than I well, thought Well, that's we what might... the Fast
1: franchise does. Yeah.
4: It brings yeah. out this, I lo- you I know, hierarchical one um, of critical thinking. Yeah. I love that it inspires such, you know, critical cinematic debate on the mm. sort of ethos mm-hmm. of the entire mm-hmm. genre up until this point in history. Um, with that said, yeah. any final thoughts on worst moment, best moment, things you wanted to see here? things we didn't one need Yeah, there's
1: one mid-credit scene. That's It's a good one. It's it's a good one. It's an interesting one. It's, it's one I'm really curious about uh, going forward uh, because it's certainly one that if you paid attention to the news, you wouldn't expect. Um, and so that'll be interesting going forward. Yeah. I actually, if you ask me one of the things I liked about the movie, I actually think the fan service in this movie is done really well. And what I mean by that is it understands not just what the fans want, but it understands the resources it has to give it to them, um, and so sure. to think of all the different uh, ways that the history of this franchise was used in this single movie um, is actually pretty impressive. Uh, so I,
4: they, yeah, they're, they make callbacks, and they they're pulling characters from movies five, six, seven, eight. Like anyone who's ever been in any of the movies, sort of ties back into this one at some point. Um, so, actually, a, a final question for both of you. Are you looking forward to the next one?
1: Yeah, actually. Yeah, I I'm not. Um, I okay. I'm I'm. I think I tweeted something about this. I'm looking forward to good storytellers' versions uh, of the next one. Maybe um, I like the idea of this being uh, the end of this franchise. A prompt, <laughs> and and then being a writing prompt for future generations to finish the story. Uh, In fun and exciting, interesting ways. Right,
4: yeah. Dom leaves off here. The next one's going to be just as
1: dumb as this one. Like, it's like, I just, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Nothing Mm -hmm. matters.
4: I want to
3: reiterate. I liked, I want to reiterate. I liked one thing about this movie. (laughs) And it was enough for me to say I liked the movie. But this is, to me, I don't think this is a good movie. It's not a good movie. I I just liked something about it. yeah.
1: Uh, Okay, so let's move on to our uh, next movie That is here to change the face of cinema Uh, Let's talk about (laughs) Hypnotic
2: What's the call? I'm calling to report a bank robbery Is this crime currently in progress? Today See that guy on the bench? Do you have a lighter? That guy's up to something It's very hot today it's
0: like a furnace it's like a furnace there's a safe deposit box. the target box 23
1: a detective becomes entangled in a mystery involving his missing daughter in a secret government program while investigating a string of reality bending crimes You hear about movies being dumped. Uh, Well, let me introduce you to one. Uh, Hypnotic uh, was dumped into theaters this weekend. Uh, Nobody knew about it. Actually, it was dumped on Wednesday, I think, uh, is is when it actually came out. Which never happens. It's strange considering it's uh, Robert Rodriguez, who uh, is certainly a filmmaker that has uh, done some respected work. Uh, it is Ben Affleck, another actor who has uh, done some respected has plenty work. plenty of cachet. And,
4: he should be in a higher profile and, movie. Uh, than this.
1: And not only that, I think William Fickner is worth mentioning, um, Has Absolutely. done a lot of great work. Uh, and yet, this movie comes out with a complete silence. Uh, and I guess the question is do you understand why after watching it? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, kick us off.
3: Loved it. Ooh. <coughs>
2: really? Ooh,
3: See, you guys you guys think I said loved it, <laughs> but I really hated it. Oh. Uh
1: yeah, I really hated this movie okay. <laughs>
4: yeah. I was like, I'm gonna have to have uh, you explain you, that.
1: So one. You, oh, so you hated it, you were just playing. Oh uh, I was I hated it. I, I just was hypnotized. Excited you. to hear why you loved this movie. John, what about you? Liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, or was it just okay? Uh I,
4: it was just okay.
1: Uh, I'm firmly and disliked it, um, which is interesting because I think I started maybe the first 20, 25 minutes thinking, oh, I'm actually going to like this movie that you know, they completely dumped into theaters. I,
4: I went the other way with it, actually. It was after the halfway mark where I was like, oh, this movie's taking some swings. I kind of appreciate this movie just absolutely <laughs> does not it's completely missing. Care. It's taking swings, oh. sure, but it strikes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would, I would agree. But there's, um, it, it's going to be hard to discuss this movie um, because it, it does take such a dramatic uh, shift. So let's do this. Uh,
1: uh, I would like each of us to give our general thoughts on the movie. Um, and I, I've been thinking about this since finishing the movie instead of doing a sift swift, which would or not sift swift, a spoil, spoil um, which would basically be us talking for three minutes here and then, you know, doing 30 minutes of spoilers. We're just going to do it in the episode. Um, and so each of us take a little bit of time to give general thoughts. I will give you a spoiler warning and then we're just not going to worry about it. Um, we're going to talk about spoilers uh, with hypnotic. The reason being, I think the movie needs it to have any kind of coherent, uh, conversation, uh, about it.
3: It's still not going to be that coherent <laughs> of a
1: conversation. Here. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, let's see who, who ended up liking it the most. Was it, uh, it was you. Me. It was it was
4: me again, again, yeah. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. So, uh, um, some general thoughts before we spoil. Um,
4: I mean, this, this these are yeah, some number one movie of the year, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I yeah. think um, we we're talking about why we liked it. All right, so I'll skip over the fact <laughs> that Ben Affleck looks like he's asleep for most of it. Um, it's it's competently shot. Wait, it seems Sean, um, he is asleep. Never
1: mind. Sorry. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Continue.
4: Um, it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's competently shot. It has it's cribbing heavily from a bunch of other ideas and a bunch of other pictures. Um, but I kind of like some of the concepts they're using where it's. A uh, Like a kidnap mystery, bank heist movie, but hypnosis is the power that the criminals use to, I don't know, uh, uh, get around obstacles. I kind of like that concept. Um, I don't know that it was used to any believability here. Uh, everything is a bit silly. Um, but individual moments here and there, individual action beats seem to work pretty well. Um, and I, I like some of the, the world-building that we get into later on the movie that I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. This, this concept, these people, this like society of hypnotics, that's kind of neat. I haven't seen that before. Um, and ultimately a big reason why I like the movie is I guess we'll talk about uh, in, during the spoiler section.
1: Um, I can go second uh, with some general thoughts. Uh, like I mentioned, I think this movie starts out uh, with some interesting conceits and concepts. In a general sense, I will just say the movie takes what is interesting about its world and expands it to the place where it completely neuters any ability to mean anything uh, by the end. Um, and it happens pretty quickly once it happens. Like there's a a real, uh, part in the reference, domino effect uh, that happens with some revelations um, that I just think completely ruins the movie. The only reason I didn't like it and not hated it is because I really do think those first 20 to 25 minutes put us in a world that is interesting and put us in a place where we're curious to know more about. Unfortunately, when the movie decides to tell us more about it, um, I do think it completely de- destroys. Yeah. it I think It completely destroys uh, our ability to, to really buy into it. Um, Andrew, some general thoughts.
3: Oh, you just need to call this movie chubby checker, the movie, because it's twisting this way and that man. <laughs> It's uh, and there's some shouting. I'm glad at least one person got that reference. And there is some shouting, yeah. So yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I could I decided about halfway through this movie because there's so many twists here and there, here and there, just constantly coming. I said I'll just keep my eyes open, looking at the screen until the credits roll, and then the last thing that happened is the thing I'm supposed to care about. <laughs>
4: That's not a uh, not a bad way. To yeah, it, that's, that's that's fair. You're cheating. You're cheating, but that
1: counts. <laughs> I'll allow it.
3: Like I, I fall. Like I was probably still more awake than Ben Affleck was. Like I was trying. Like if you want to give Ben Affleck a Razzie per, for a performance, oh, he's do just, it for this movie as opposed to the Last Duel. Because also, he was this great isn't in acting. Air. This is just walking on mm-hmm. set. And he's really good in the last duel, so uh, yeah, this is the one where he's just uh, shockingly boring.
2: I, yeah, I do I, think I don't there's know some intentions. It. Okay, his performances. and performances.
3: I don't know who plays his partner. The guy who plays his partner is a he compl- is a very bad actor.
4: He, he, luckily, he's not in the movie for very long.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, are you talking about uh, JD Pardo, the Knicks character? Yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there there's a scene really with that bad. character uh and I don't think this is spoiler so I'll go ahead and, and say it here where I realized the conceit of this movie has already been done perfectly already um with uh David Tennant in um the Marvel show uh what's the characters Jessica Jessica Jones. Jones. Jessica Jones handles this Man. Idea Killgrave. in that character, which I think is a, a Marvel supervillain, which I I, I don't Kilgrave. Yeah, Kilgrave. Yeah. This is this this movie is Kilgrave, right? Like this movie is about that idea of you know the a very similar feel of controlling people mm-hmm. just by you know changing what they believe or their world. And um, I was reminded of that in uh, a scene where his. Partner is trying to escape and i was just like oh i've seen this done better and from then on out i was just every time something would happen i'd be like oh yeah that was i that was much more deep and interesting when i saw it in inception and that was much more deep and interesting when i you know uh saw it in such and such and it's just it's jumping around from from thing to thing that way so so yeah um Oh, we've been tiptoeing around. We can stop tiptoeing. Uh, just so you know, uh, spoiler alert. I should have like a little button I can push. Uh, except we don't usually. We don't usually do this during the show. Um, yeah. You should hit the trump button. <laughs> no, no, I should not. Uh,
3: You're trumping. Uh, but, the But the rest
1: of this conversation will be uh, with the uh, spoiler governors off. Uh, so feel free to talk about. The multiple twists in this movie. That-
4: <laughs> I'm just shaking my head at, with, with, with just you know, disbelief at how absurd the, the, the last act of this movie is. So the, the big spoiler is that an hour into this 90-minute picture, it's revealed that everything we've seen so far has been a construct. It's in his mind. The entire first hour of the movie, not some of it, not portions of it, the entire thing was fake. And it, and I kind of I was just like I was floored with this revelation revelation because I was like that's so stupid but also <laughs> I kind of love that they're throwing everything we've already seen out the window and rebuilding from scratch two thirds of the way through that's you movies don't do that because it's stupid <laughs> and I kind of appreciate yeah. I kind of appreciated that this movie went for that like it wasn't trying to uh, you know uh, hold back or anything it's like no let's just take an absolute swing for the fences here and reset everything. The bad guy is now the good guy. The good guy is apparently also the bad, guy. like crazy stuff. And I, I kind of loved how crazy it was, even though it ruins the movie.
1: <laughs> I, th- I was trying to put my finger on why it ruins the movie. Um, and I think for me, it comes down to uh, a, a quote from The Incredibles, uh, which is, if, uh, if everyone's special, no one is. Um, and yes. there's the thing that this movie does where every single character has this ability in, you know, in big ways. And so you just, you're just left never knowing what's real, like, and and the movie thinks it's using that to its advantage and all it's doing is making nothing we see interesting because it's cutting its own legs off. Yeah. Like in that, in that power in the movie, and I, I'm going to skip to the very end um the mid credit scene i can't remember that re- you know reveals that uh william is still alive and you know that he had somehow i guess uh out hypno powered the little girl who supposedly the so in that moment completely neuters any of the final Raycons. acts like <laughs> in what we're supposed to believe about what's going on, because the movie needs this guy for a possible sequel. Ha! Huh? Uh, you know, like it's—I, I, I just—the the movie is so, uh, so focused on what it believes is an ability that it doesn't realize that it's being a hindrance. And, um,
4: yeah, I think that I think it—it it took you a minute to articulate it, but I think that's really it. Is the the hypnotism should be. This really exciting sort of uh, ability or, or trick that the movie plays on the audience, much in the way that good magic-related mm-hmm. films or mind-related films like Inception or Prestige really nail that, mm-hmm. right? They pull the trick on the audience by sort of sleight of hand or whatever. This movie is like, what if it was all fake? What if that was all <laughs> fake, too? What if this <laughs> is all fake? You don't know. And like ultimately- Do You know it- what movie did it right? What's that?
3: Spider-Man Far From Home. With Mysterio, mm,
4: yeah, mm, there was sure. there was some was great mis- sequences in it for sure. But that was what was nice about that is that was individual moments, right? It wasn't they it didn't was you sparingly. sparingly, and it wasn't it was, it was, it was, one erase was the power. Your It wasn't every right. single character yeah. having that
1: power, you know.
4: And he only erased like a scene, not an entire first act. Um, there's a moment at the end of the movie where uh, all the bad guys are getting wasted by the good guys, and then. Uh, William Fitner just yells out with with all this like doubt and incredulity. He's like, "We're in a construct." And it's like, "Dude, dude, you yeah. you're a hypnotist. Your whole thing is building constructs. This never occurred to you?" <laughs> and it's just it's so, so silly. It's such a silly moment where he's like, so "We're a in, in we're being not a real thing."
3: What was that? So are blockers not a real yeah, thing? I don't know. It's so goofy. Blockers in what way? <laughs> because they kept saying like like mental. Well, they kept saying like yeah, mental blockers like that people that could stop the uh, the hypnotics uh, abilities. But then they said that Ben Affleck, oh, you must be a very powerful blocker. Maybe that's why he's going after you because you can. He can try and hypnotize you, and he and <laughs> but he can't. But then halfway through the movie, he starts hypnotizing him, and I'm like, oh, I guess he's not that powerful of a blocker, huh? So. Yeah, I don't know why I'm getting into details with this Yeah, that was a dumb about. moment,
4: too, where before we know Ben Affleck's abilities, he just hypnotizes William Fickner and, and it's just sort of like, I didn't know I could do that. And it's like, well, this is dumb. Can everybody do it? This is pointless mm-hmm. now. It only works. Yeah, it's it only, like the like, John
3: Wick universe. Everybody's an assassin. <laughs> right?
4: And yet, like you said, uh, Aaron, it, if everyone's special, nobody is. And at that moment, I was like, oh, if he has the power, too, and it's just like some latent thing he needs to unlock, well, this is stupid. It was more interesting when he had one savant on his team, and they had to go against other people, and you couldn't know what was real or fake. And then everything's fake. Nothing matters. Yeah. And, and uh, let's all go home. It was dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. But. So no chance there will be a sequel to this, because I, I can't imagine this makes any money. I think it opened in eighth place. Is there
1: a chance it's a cult hit? Like, is there a chance people pick up on this no. because of how bad it no. is even? Or just like, no. you know? No.
4: And, 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 I, and I do and I do want to stress for the uh, the folks on the podcast listening, they're box office nerds like myself. Not only did it open in eighth place, it opened wide to thousands of theaters well, that's, and got less than That like. was
1: what 2,000 theaters was in the contract. That's the only reason they put it in 2,000 theaters is because there was a contract. That's
0: a lot of I theaters. Think they were in that the editing
3: bay and they're looking at this movie and they're going, you know what? That's... It's not a good movie, yeah. But we had Ben Affleck and Robert Rodriguez do it. We we kind of have to put it out, don't we? Oh yeah, this
4: this do we? this got this opened yeah. in twenty one hundred mm-hmm. theaters and made two point four million. That is terrible. Yeah. That, that is an awful awful opening. Uh, no, you know what that is? That's a lot of critics having to go to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it early on, but Aaron, had you not said this is our second movie this week, I would not have heard this existed. I would not have wasted my time on. It. I might have caught it on you know digital or streaming a few months from now and been like, oh, Ben Affleck and William Fichtner, I like those guys in Armageddon. What are they up to today? Oh, this okay.
3: Oh my gosh, I forgot they were in Armageddon together. <laughs> together. They
4: were, yeah, and I just. Just throw us a bone, fellas. Just one little Armageddon reference would have really saved a good deal of this picture.
1: Uh, <laughs> just one little. Weirdly, movie. I'm glad I saw it. Um, but I'm that way with most movies, um, even ones I don't yes. like. Uh, you know, like there's 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 something fascinating about a movie like this that I'm 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 glad that I have that information. It's, maybe it's my curiosity, whatever it is. Um, but you know, it's it's just it's just so difficult to come out of a movie like this where there was a portion of time towards the beginning where you're like, oh, this might be good. And then it is so, so bad. It gets (laughs) so, so bad. Um, So, and and also, uh, can I just say the daughter, the most powerful, you know, hypnotic ever conceived because, because she is the daughter of two hypnotics, which that's all it takes. That's how genetics works. But she's the daughter of two hypnotics, so she's the most powerful hypnotic to see. Are we, here's the question Are we supposed to believe that William Fickner was right at the end of this movie?
4: Oh, that are, is a good question. Are we supposed I don't... to
1: be rooting for Ben Affleck and family?
4: I mean, we're supposed to root for Ben because he's. Because that's a, not what I saw on, on the, he, screen.
1: What I saw on screen right? was a psycho child. Like, like in, in yeah. what I saw on screen was exactly what William Fickner was worried about. <laughs>
4: like This, yeah, this is, this is untapped power that needs to be controlled and, and, and regulated. And it's like, well, I guess they're a family though. Yeah. Also they just laid waste to 45 <laughs> FBI agents or whatever. Like they didn't even, you know, blink at it. It was, yeah, that kind of power is a little disturbing and they don't make. There's no, there's no like moral quandary addressed. It's mm-hmm. just, yep, we had to kill all those people or, or, or did they kill them? Was that all just an illusion to somebody can, else? I,
1: I was going to say, you can make people see any world you want. Your only choice is to murder them that like you, you've got this power where you can just make them believe they're in prison an un- in an inescapable prison or whatever. Like I just, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. Uh,
3: and then and then Ben Affleck and the mother, they're just looking yeah, at her good like, job. good job, honey. You <laughs> murdered. It, it is you curious. You just murdered more power. people.
4: Uh, Aaron, I know you yeah. like to f- find best ever challenges every week that connect the two mm-hmm. films. And perhaps this week's theme should have been children murdering. <laughs> because oh, yeah. that also kind of irked me yeah. a bit in uh-huh. Fast 10. Uh, Don's yeah, kid at one point definitely murders a couple of cars of people. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, go. <laughs> it's like, What? This kid's like I don't know who.
3: That's why at the beginning of this uh, podcast, whenever I did the patrons get those perks, I said, these kids killed so many people. They did.
4: It's, it's kind of screwed up. Um, to your point earlier, Aaron, I think it is uh, it worth pointing out. I, I'm a firm believer that all movies have value. Like the worst, terrible, whatever. Um, so to that end, was there any moment in this picture that you guys did? Like was there a single individual little reveal or twist or – Thing, I really uh, enjoyed. The, I really worldly,
1: enjoyed the first bank. The very host. first sequence with uh, the therapist. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, I I thought that was blocked really well. I thought that was really interesting. I thought. I'm sure I've seen something like it before, but I thought the part of him like beating them to the the safe deposit box was uh, interesting and clever and, um, mm. you
4: know. I I kind of loved the idea that in a in an unseen prologue, William Fichtner would have gone around the bank gone to the teller, hypnotized her. I'll be back next week. And when I say this word, you'll do this. You'll set right. off my plan in motion. And I like that he would have had to have done a lot of planning, done a lot of hypnosis ahead of time so that when he shows up at the bank, he can just mm-hmm. drop his little code word triggers and they open the doors for him. He goes in. I like that. But then the movie undoes Completely it because undoes everything it. And we you saw, know How
1: ridiculous it is to like, first of all, why do you need to act it out? Why are we acting anything out? Why is there a a bank structure I I and you know cars? That that part was. Why ca- is he
4: Why is he getting uh, in and out of a golf <laughs> cart? In like no, oh, that was so silly. And they re, they really redo the entire the first ten minutes of the movie we see yeah. twice. It wasn't just it wasn't just like here's a couple quick shots so you understand the conceit. And, it's let's rewind the entire movie and re-show it to you from a different perspective, just in case you were really dumb. And, and didn't
1: the get movie, it. unless I missed it never in any way hints or explains as to why he was able not to have his brain wiped the last time. Why was he able to fight back in drive away in the, in, the, in the truck the first time, the, the last time?
4: No, it, it, um, it is not explained. 13th. <laughs> it was not explained. It was dumb.
1: So yeah. Anyways, we need, to I move think we on. do. I think we absolutely need to move on. Um, From this uh, movie that I'm not sure actually exists. Uh, All right, let's, before we head into the best ever challenge. I do want to thank our amazing SIFPOP uh, members. Thank you so much. We like to do a fun little pre- uh, pre-show for you. Andrew has been uh, hosting those. We had a lot of fun um, uh, talking about car experiences uh, in the show as well as other things. So if you want to check that out, uh, support starts at 3 bucks a month. You can check out uh, all the details at Patreon, patreon.com slash SIFPOP. And thanks for doing so. All right. Best ever challenge As mentioned best ever movies ending in C or X. will go number five to number one. If somebody has it higher, trump. it gets trumped. Uh, all right. Starting with number five, uh, I'll kick us off and probably get trumped. I'm guessing I have Zodiac at number five. Um, either you're going to trump me on that No. First. All right. Um, well, that's surprising. It's, it's so, so very good. good. Um, I need to rewatch it. I don't remember liking it. Mm, but interesting. I was What's young. your general young. feeling on Fincher in, in general? Like, do
4: you usually like? I yeah. usually really like it, which is why I think that, that might have been my first Fincher film, though. And I, I think I've probably warmed on his style as I've matured. Because uh, I would have seen this when it came out when I was like mm-hmm. 20. And uh, it's a lot different from being 37. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. check it out.
3: This is this is seven without the gratuitous violence, yeah. I think. It's
1: you know, it's interesting. He uh, did the the Netflix show as well, which uh Mindhunter. Is it Mindhunter? Yeah, I think it's Mindhunter. And Mindhunter mm-hmm. reminds yeah, me of right. Zodiac a lot. Um, and uh, Jonathan yeah. Groff is amazing in it. Uh, if you haven't checked out Mindhunter, you should do that before it disappears because apparently streaming services are just taking everything off uh, streaming services, which is just like that, that could be how, a how, next how week. do. How <laughs> do I'm sorry, I have to say this. How do these content providers and owners of IP not realize that all they are doing is pushing more and more people to a world that's very easy? to find their content elsewhere. Like, how do they not understand that the issue is not the money they have to pay to creators who have created a project for them if they leave it on the service? It's the money they lose because people are like, okay, I won't subscribe to you. I'll just go tour on it. Like, how do they not understand this? Like, the music industry... Because that's but a legal area. The music era. industry almost died because of this. And, and many people could mess. say... It kind of did like musicians, if they don't do like, you know, sell out concerts, like it's hard to be a musician right now. Like, and what um, and what saved the music industry? Well, I mean, I would say just
4: Spotify. <laughs> right. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm being I'm being serious. Spotify kind of saved it because it's like, well, you want every song easily accessible with super convenience. Yeah. We'll give it to you for twelve dollars a month. Right now, the streaming video platforms have the option to do that, too. But instead, they're like, no, let's make it as hard and as complicated and as disparate as we can. And it's like, guys, if you keep removing things from your platform and not offering them elsewhere or on physical media, you're, of course, you're going to drive more people to piracy. Like, it's, it's, a, it's frustrating to see them make bad decisions after bad. And when we, like, again, we already saw it with music. And, like, that's yeah. not the answer. The answer is more accessibility and easier Access, uh, so uh,
1: go, go check out Mindhunter on Netflix before it disappears. Uh, Zodiac is amazing. <laughs> yes. All right, what is your number five, uh, John?
4: Uh, I have Rumble in the Bronx, famously <laughs> and hilariously filmed in <gasps> Vancouver. Uh, one of Jackie Chan's best um, early English Is It is my
3: favorite Jackie Chan movie. It is,
4: it is so much fun. Uh, I mean, that's the case of any Jackie Chan movie, but I think this... Was um, one of my earlier sort of access points for him in, in like the, his pre-America cinema, uh, before he did Rush Hour and stuff. And this one, this is uh, just a, such a fun movie. He's he he does he, more than anybody. He combines comedy with action in, in a way that's never takes himself seriously, but always impresses because it's like oh no no this guy's really doing it. He's really jumping off this car or through this fence or mm-hmm. whatever. And
1: he was Tom Cruise yeah. before Tom Cruise. Good
4: indeed. Um. No, he was Buster, he was After Buster, Buster Keaton eaten. on <laughs> yeah. steroids. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Buster, Buster Jackie Tom. I get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay
1: uh, Andrew, what is your number 5?
3: Uh I have Captain Fantastic
1: as my number 5. Horrible moment for, for me as well.
3: Yeah. Uh Matt Ross directed this. We know him from uh American Psycho he was in. Uh, what was that uh, HBO show about or Silicon Valley? Mm. He was in Silicon Valley, but he directed this uh, Viggo Mortensen. And actually a girl who was in my acting class was in this movie. Annalise Basso was one, of, the, one of his children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she did a fantastic job. Um, if you remember from the movie, she was the one who fell off the roof at the end and got really messed up. Uh, but it, it, uh, George McKay, this is one of his uh, first films. Uh it's just such a brilliant story about uh allowing your children not to be you know corrupted, i guess by modern conveniences and uh inconveniences
4: it's, it's a nice actually. it's a nice little wholesome family piece that doesn't conform to like the rules of society it's a very sort of progressive look at what families and and parenthood can be. And I also feel like it's only a few years old, but I I feel like a lot of people maybe haven't heard of it or didn't see it. I don't get the sense that it made big waves when it came out in 2016. 16. Yeah, Captain Fantastic. I think it got some awards Mm -hmm. buzz that year, but it didn't win any. Yeah, Vigo did. Uh, It didn't win a lot. So I feel like people might have not heard of this one, but that's a great one to revisit. I agree.
3: Yeah, I, I highly recommend this Aaron, movie. what do you it's have at
4: uh, number four?
1: My number four is not a surprise um, that I would have it on my list. Monsters, Inc. Uh, comes in at my number Me too. four. Oh,
4: yeah. That's a good one. Uh, you good. said,
1: Andrew, you're number four as well? <clears throat> Very nice. Uh-huh. I did debate whether or not the period at the end of Inc. Uh, is a character or a letter, but...
4: You know what? I um I have all my movies in a spreadsheet as you guys know. And I literally just did a filter, movies text ends with x, uh-huh. and then it brought up whatever 45 results text ends in c, and I went through those. This didn't show because up because of that period. because yes. it disappeared. Um it. and it, it I don't know if it would have made my top 5, but I just rewatched it with my youngest. Uh she's 3 and she adored so it. It's
2: so good. She wanted
4: uh, It's so fun watching movies like this with 3-year-old people because they just like the big blue. <laughs> and they're just excited about Sully and when Mike Wazowski like just falls on his face like that's what gets Mm -hmm. them and I'm connecting obviously to the deeper themes going on but
1: when he shows his splintered hands at the ah just Mm -hmm. every time ah Pixar why do you do it to me uh Monsters Inc is great Great uh Andrew what what were some of your thoughts
3: yeah uh same it's it's a beautiful movie it's it's, it's old enough now that I think people are forgetting about it, and they really yep. shouldn't.
1: It's good. Uh, John, what's your number four?
4: My number four is the Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Hmm. This was an animated film from the D.C. Every, every movie you say,
1: Andrew's like, I forgot about that one. <laughs>
3: Uh, this is from... This wouldn't have made my top five, but yeah, it's my favorite DC anime. Uh,
4: yeah, this is from 2013, and um, I don't know if people know this, but the DC animated universe is like 65 films deep at this point, and they only started, I think, in 2009. Like, they're just cranking these out, but this, I think, was the high-water mark, certainly, of like the first uh, five years or so, because it is the culmination of like all these different characters, all these different threads, and this big, epic, grand, feature-length story. I think up until then... Uh, actually, I guess it's not feature-length. It's only like 80 minutes, so it's it's shorter than like a, a like a live-action mm-hmm. version might be. Uh, but I don't know. Th- this, this story, uh, which we got a little bit in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I think we'll get more of in The Flash this summer, it's an epic story. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool concept. And seeing all these characters just utilized at their absolute best, um, it's great. It, I slept on the mm-hmm. animated stuff for too long, and, and uh, if you're listening and you haven't seen them, um, don't don't do that. Go check <laughs> it out. Don't be like me.
3: There are some there are some DC animated films that are better than the Marvel
4: movies. Oh, oh 100%. Like, I would put the uh, – yeah. if you just took all the comic movies ever, the Flashpoint Paradox for me is probably like a top 10. Like, it is so good. Nice. It's ridiculous. Better than good. better than most yeah. of the live actions.
3: <laughs> they just had uh, DC animated. I don't know how caught up you are on those films. I got like but, eight uh, left. Yeah the apocalypse war ones like the justice league dark ones yeah those you are can too. think of those as a flashpoint 2.0 yep. uh all
1: right number 3s i'll kick us off uh, with a classic i have the sound of music uh yeah. at number 3 Uh um, oh. i love this i do oh, too nice uh, look at us sharing sharing picks uh mm. I think this movie is not just uh, one of the greatest musicals of all time, but one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, Julie Andrews is astonishing in this movie. Just an absolute... So is is Chris Plummer, for that matter. This is... They're doing excellent stuff here. It's also so impressive... To have a movie that features this many children actors and it still somehow works. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I love uh, so much about Sound of Music. John, what else would you uh, say about it?
4: Um, I I think a lot of people probably have uh, trouble getting into a three and a half hour (laughs) musical from the 1950s but i promise you it is worth the effort if you haven't seen it before just there's a, such a great mix of of music and romance and then all against the backdrop of of like pre-war austria um i mean the music alone just if you just listen to the soundtrack they're all bangers but i think there's something about that like wide vista vision uh, austrian hilltop cinematography that is just – I love those old Technicolor films from the 50s. Those, those vibrant, like, greens and blues pop off the screen. And Julie Andrews is just, like, a vision in all of them. Um, it, it's, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's a good family movie. I'm probably going to introduce it to my girls uh, probably this summer. I think they're just about ready, maybe the five-year-old anyway, to get most mm-hmm. of the film. Um, I know, it's, it's great it's one of the and best Phil music.
1: in the comments has a good point uh, in Sound of Music the children aren't murdering Nazis uh, so uh,
4: yes they don't or flipping cars anything, or a, hypnotizing anybody it's
1: um, <laughs> so uh, Andrew what is your number three
3: Titanic
1: Trump where's the button the button's where's not the working button? why isn't the button working <laughs> where's the button Trump that's weird that was weird. They, there you go. Uh, yes, uh, that will be trumped. Um, <laughs> on to our number twos. Uh, Titanic yeah. at number two. <laughs> hey!
4: I'll, I'll, I'll trump that one more. Rup!
2: Oh, All right, John, what do you got
4: at number uh, number two? Uh, I think this is probably going to be uh, Andrew's number one. This is where I have the matrix. Rup! Yeah.
1: Uh, Andrew, what do you have at number two?
4: Yeah, American that's history an audible X. That's a good one. Me mentioned for yeah. me as well. That was a good one. What what a
3: happy <laughs> town
4: frolic of a movie. <laughs> I was going to say is it sound of music this is not. This is a very different. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what are you talking about man? That curb stomping scene? Oh my that's gosh. that reminded me of
4: a. I, I, I like physically like jumped and re- like I don't know uh, what's the word. Just, just cowered after that. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I just winced. Like it was you, you curled up in the fetal oh, yeah, position. That, that the opening of this movie—that's um, rough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an understatement. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
4: It's it's
3: a it's it's a movie that I just recently rewatched it, and I had an interesting what I thought was an interesting thought anyway uh, at the end of it. Uh, do you guys think he went back to his life after, like, back to the the the, the neo-Nazi fold?
4: After his brother no. was killed, I don't. Know. I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. That wasn't my interpretation. But it's been a bit since I've seen it, so I, I couldn't remember. Mm. Yeah, great film yeah. though. I mean, it, uh, it tackles like said, a lot of really tough stuff. Um, but it's. I think it's one of those. It's an important movie. It's the kind of movie your teacher probably made you watch in high school, and you are like, "Yeah, okay." But yep. uh, yeah, if yeah. You, if you give it the time and and you kind of allow yourself to, I don't know, appreciate you know such tough subject matter, it is a yeah, very mm-hmm. powerful film.
3: Oh yeah. My my uh my social studies class uh was in for a rude awakening whenever we thought we were going to get a a fun day mm-hmm. watching a so movie. So you did you did
4: watch? I don't think I did, but it seems like the type of movie you would <laughs> watch. We
3: we had to sign a
4: waiver. I remember yep. signing
3: a waiver yep. for this. We also signed a waiver for Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and uh, there was one
4: other also, movie also that not a bad movie watch. to watch as a teen, but hey, you got to grow up sometime. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. The kids in the movies are just murdering people. I just you know. Why, why wait till you're a teenager? <laughs> uh, number, one's number one's now, now? and yeah. I'll kick us, kick us off with, uh, I believe, Andrew and I I's number one, which is The Matrix, um, yeah. and the Matrix. we've talked about it plenty of times uh, on the show before, not a lot to revisit. Uh, I will say that there's a conversation to be had um, that I've wanted to have in podcast form for uh, a while, and maybe someday this this topic will be a full sif uh, swift or something, but... Um, uh, seismic movies, uh, movies that absolutely changed yeah. film. Uh, the Matrix is one of them oh, in that conversation. Sure. Um, it it absolutely changed the idea of what an action movie uh, could be, especially for a U.S. audience. Um, so,
4: yeah, this 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 sort of took the, the marriage of visual effects, high concept storytelling, and like really you know original, brilliant screenplays from unproven auteurs. Blended them all together And it was a blockbuster smash That kind of thing happens like once a generation And the Matrix yeah. was Yeah, seismic is a good word for it uh, Andrew, some thoughts from mm-hmm.
3: you uh, Yeah, I actually just watched it last night uh, after making this list, and uh, I needed a good movie to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had two movies that I just left the theater Wait, the going. Hypnotic uh, didn't do it for you. Uh, I feel. You know, hypnotic <laughs> didn't do it for me, man. So I got transported.
1: I realized that there was a, a glitch in the Matrix, and that the movie's well, getting. I mean, churned the Matrix is Hollywood another right movie now, that's done the hypnotic thing better than Hypnotic does it.
4: You know what I mean? Like, right with the, the concept of mm-hmm. constructs and fake yeah. realities. Mm-hmm. Um, except when, when, when the Matrix sort of pulls the wool over your eyes and it's like, hey, everything you just saw was fake, it's, oh, my gosh, that's an incredible twist. In Hypnotic, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's so <laughs> stupid. Um, you know, same idea where everything we've seen up until now is is fake and it's all part of – and what I love, the, the trick of the Matrix is, is getting us to believe – our reality outside the movie might also be fake. And it's like, whoa, that's the ultimate, like, maybe I had too many edibles before watching this because that is a trick where you think yeah.
3: oh, everything's man. fake. I just wasted a rewatch, I'm realizing. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, so let's talk about your number one, So, John, John. you're
4: number one. Uh, Which I think you had at three, Andrew and and Aaron at two. Titanic, um, it goes without saying, this movie's a masterpiece. I love it. I watched it uh, for the re-release, which I guess was, what, the 25th re-release a few months ago in theaters. And it was like experiencing it all over again for the first time. And it's incredible. A movie I've seen nine or ten times now. It still makes me cry, still makes me cheer, still makes me, like, it is like, wow, this, I don't know how Jim Cameron does it. But um, he's got my wavelength because the last, like, eight movies of his in a row. I'm just uh, wowed
1: by. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And who,
4: I mean, I, I, I think I think it was like a popular for a minute in the early 2000s for, for people like me of a certain age to hate on Titanic. It was a chick flick. It was a girl's movie. But I think in any objective estimation, it, it's very hard to argue this is not a brilliant a three hour movie.
1: No, I remember. I remember the pattern of doubting Jim. Jim delivering. Jim makes movie that makes all the money <laughs> in the world. Started with uh, Titanic in a lot of ways um, because
4: yeah, because it was like, what do you mean you're good at? That's a. You, what are you how's doing? How is it going to be interesting? Everybody There's knows no what way.
1: happens. Like you're spending how much yeah. money on this? What are you doing in the water tank? Like. And then uh, I I went and saw it, and uh, then I went back and saw it again, and then I went back and I saw it again, it. and I think I saw this movie in theaters four or five times. Um,
4: it's the only movie I've seen five times in five different years. Hmm. 97, 98, 2004, 2012, and 2023. Nice, nice. Which is just crazy that it's been released yes, that many times, I think I saw <laughs> it
1: five times in 98, uh, or 97, yeah, even. Yeah, right? Uh, no, problem
3: titanic is the skyrim <laughs> of video games they just a keep bit, re-releasing
4: it Skyrim's a good game though so it's not a bad comparison. Uh, i am
1: pumped yeah. for the digital release uh the 4k um hfr stuff that he's doing with some of his older movies i'm really really excited to see um so yeah i'm i'm a, a big titanic fan andrew did you want to talk about it at all
3: uh, it's a beautiful love story that I think whenever I initially first saw it, I didn't appreciate it mainly yeah. because I was, I was kind how old were we John? Like 13, 14, somewhere around there when this movie was came 11. out?
4: I was 11 when it came out.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, you know we were what I 11 like, guys. Like, oh, yeah, we were like, like 11 when, when this came, came out. out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey,
4: hey, all, all of, of us, us were us. 11. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. We were all 11, but, <laughs> but it, it's something that, you know, whenever you're a kid of that age, you might not appreciate it at the time and you just want to get to the big boat sinking. Um, but then you don't realize that what makes the tragedy of the big boat sinking is that the connection was, to the characters. there were people on yeah. it. Yeah. The connection to the people that were on it. And yes, Jack, and Rose are made up, but their representation, their love is a representation. It's like what was shared between everybody that was
4: real. Right. I mean, there's that so, the great line from uh, Bill Paxson at the end where he says, I, I never let it in. I never got it until now. And I was a huge Titanic buff as a kid in the 90s, as I think a lot of us were. Uh, and I had watched documentaries, read books, seen, you know, all sorts of You should come see the museum in Branson here. I, uh, I've seen the exhibit yeah. in Las Vegas, which I don't know if that's comparable or not, but it was impressive. But then when I saw the movie, they, I finally – rebuilt
3: half the Titanic here. That's – In Branson. That's
4: but cool. <laughs> but cool. But yeah, when, when I finally saw the movie, though, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm finally connecting to like the human tragedy, not just like the – Right. The right. structural story of like how does a ship physically sink? Well, that's interesting, but the, the human condition behind everything is like, oh, wow, that's actually quite yeah. powerful.
3: Hey John, I'm gonna say one line from it, and I want you to know if you know what I'm talking about.
4: That really sucks, lady. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> do. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's about? L- Lewis Abernathy's line at the end of the movie where uh, she she yep. throws the what's oh, it? The deleted scene where it's uh, the deleted where Gloria alternate Stewart, ending that is so bad. Gloria Stewart throws the heart of the ocean into the ocean and. Um, Lewis sees it and he's like, "Oh my god, it really sucks." <laughs> it's like, it really it's, sucks, lady. Oh my. If you have yeah. not seen the deleted uh, ending of Titanic, check it out believe on that's YouTube. Real. It can't is it's so bad. It is so so uh, terrible. There's there's like one moment so there's a moment that I like where uh, there's one line where Bill Paxton says to Gloria Stewart. He says, "I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, convince somebody who uh, jumped off the Titanic when it wasn't sinking and jumped on when it was." Uh, there's mm-hmm. that great line where, where she's the only yeah. person who jumped yeah. off when it wasn't. And I like that line of dialogue, and it wouldn't fit anywhere else in the film. But uh, that's not enough to keep what is otherwise very out of step. Nice.
3: It's it's wild knowing that that ending would have ruined the movie. It would have gone
1: from like greatest but one of the greatest movies ever Jim. to... This is why we trust Jim. He knows. He knows. But he knows. it is
4: curious that he spent time and money to film a scene that's like four pages of dialogue. That was probably a couple of days of shooting. That's, and, no, yeah. that's how the so creative did, process did he, works,
1: man. You shoot the stuff, even the stuff you think might not work, just in case, like something brilliant is there that you. Don't I know. mean, yeah, I mean, Ridley I mean, Scott obvi-
4: obviously, he made the right decision in the end, yeah. so he he can be trusted. Yeah. But it is curious that he, at some point he thought this might not be a bad <laughs>
3: idea. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like Ridley Scott. He'll cut. What is it? He cuts his favorite scene. The the very first thing is he cuts his favorite scene he filmed so that everything else after that is okay to cut on the editing. Uh, I'm going to have to rush us through
1: some things here at the end of the show. I do have a hard out. Uh, I will quickly say Malcolm X and Fantastic Mr. Fox are both worth mentioning as well uh, in this category. Quickly, if you guys have any uh, other honorable mentions you want to shout out.
4: Yeah. Mr. Fox is on mine as well.
3: i started doing a thing where i'm asking the gurus on the website what their picks are and the top three picks were the matrix fantastic mr fox and monsters inc oh, i'd also throw out traffic Zodia uh, traffic uh and uh malcolm yeah, yeah. x i don't know if we mentioned um, that one
1: there or you not. go nice. uh quickly uh let's do our buried treasure um i'll kick us off uh john you're our guest so you go last Uh, I got around to seeing a couple things I had missed. Um, One, Andrew, I think will be one of your favorite movies ever. It's called Sisu. I didn't really care for it that much, but I think you will absolutely love it. Uh, The other is Mm -hmm. Polite Society, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people are really uh, enjoying. I did not enjoy it as much as most, but I do think it's worth a watch. There's some really cool coming-of-age stuff from a culture we're not used to to seeing um, coming-of-age stories from, and I really, really enjoyed that. Unfortunately, I think the movie takes a turn into ridiculousness that it didn't need to, and it kind of neuters uh, a lot of the the heart that was building uh, in in the movie. Um, I think it it kind of wanted to be RRR R, R in some ways, but it's not. It's I don't go into it expecting like the... The female version of RRR. That's not what this is. Um, in mm. fact, it's a very English movie. It's you know, it's very British. Uh, so, in um, just kind of its uh, substance, style, and accents, and those kind of things. Um, Andrew, what's yours? Guys, believe it or not, I finally
3: wrote an article on Sifpop.com. Nice. Like I don't know how many years it's been, but I finally wrote my first article. It's called uh, Hollywood Gunslingers, the Enduring Appeal of Westerns. And basically, I, uh, I've i been talking to uh, Aaron Schweitzer about this for about three years now, of saying that I wanted to write an article. And I've been writing it forever and ever. Finally got around to where I thought it was presentable. And it's basically a history of the different eras of Westerns and what people found appealing about them. So just because you think you might not like Westerns, uh, that's kind of a an overreaching statement. It's kind of like saying, I don't like drinking. You know, like maybe you just have
1: flavor you of something them. you like.
3: Well, when yeah, you say so I well, don't like this, drinking, this that can like mean read. a couple
1: different things, but yes.
4: I get what you mean. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm just saying, it's,
4: yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so that's mine. John, what you got? Uh, a couple of shows, one of which is on Netflix, the other one you can watch free on YouTube because the BBC is not available stateside. It's called Kunk on Britain and Kunk on Earth. Each is a six-part comedy documentary history series with a a a fake character played by Diane Morgan called Philomena Kunk. She's like um, a smart person's idiot, if that makes sense. Like, she's clearly, the, the humor is very intelligent. But it's, it's very dumb at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I'll quote a line mm. in, in one of the first episodes where she's talking about the, the kings of England over history. And she mentions that King Edward just uh, died at just 15 years old, the youngest anyone has ever died of old age. <laughs> and there's a lot of great... <laughs> Word play, comments like that. And it's a, it's a fun way to learn history, both British and world history, through the lens of like uh, an intelligently stupid person. Uh, it's the kind of thing. It's on YouTube. It's free. And the other series is on Netflix. Uh, check it out. You'll know real quick if it's your brand of humor. For me, I was laughing out loud nonstop for all 12 episodes. Um, the Santa Claus Christmas episode, she mentions Santa Claus is the world's most popular home intruder. <laughs> Like, that's, I, I love this style of humor. It is right up my alley. Uh, kunk on there
1: Britain. There you go. That Brilliant is Kunk show. on Britain and Kunk on Earth nice. on Netflix and YouTube. Uh, the article on Hollywood gunslingers is on a little website called sifpop.com. And Polite Society is available on VOD currently to rent or buy. Well, we did it, guys. We managed to uh, to do a podcast together. Yeah, we did. So congratulations to us. Woo. And thank you for joining us today. Sif is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Big thanks to producer thank Phil buddy. for producing the audio and video show. Thanks to John Paula for giving of his time again today to talk about another fast movie with us becoming a tradition. Uh, Where do you want to send people, John? Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, The letterbox. It's on the graphic on my lower third here. Uh, J-O-N-P-A-U-L-A. I write uh, reviews every week. I watch movies every night, and you can keep up with all of it. On, uh,
1: Very nice. Much love and gratitude to our Sift Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sift Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you can check all of that out at Patreon.com/siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, or you can even email us feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than playing pinball successfully with a crane in an automobile. Uh, We will be back next week with The Little Mermaid, the new one, and more. Uh, We'll see you then.
4: My my pick for the number one movie of the summer.
1: Yes, yes. We just watched mine. (laughs) Don't forget. That's true.